Hey guys, Henning and Morton from Flip Normals here. In this video, we're going to be talking about one of the biggest issues we've seen when it comes to students or people who's trying to get a job. Basically, this here has been inspired by us seeing students from universities, particularly in the UK, because that's where we're based. Yeah. And we've been seeing people who's got really high grades from schools and it doesn't correlate at all to their actual portfolio. Mm. So their portfolio is are actually a fairly low level while their grades have been they got like the highest honors and gold medals and all that kind of stuff so we've been wondering what's up with that yeah how can you do pretty well and think you're doing pretty well but actually you aren't a lot of these people they they genuinely think they're doing well they're they're looking at the portfolio and they think it's a pretty damn good portfolio and we're looking at it and be like it's it's not yeah like a lot of the time there's just there's even there's even just fundamental things that are missing. Like if we're talking about modeling, then someone might not like okay, here's this, your model is filled with n-gons or whatever. Yeah. It's it's sometimes it's basic stuff, but most of the time it's just you, like as a student, it seems that it's very easy to to get sort of locked into this little sphere of you and other students. And I think that's mainly the problem is that you're in a school where you're told that you know you do the stuff you get high grades you're going to get a great job you start as a runner all that stuff you know the stuff that we talked about before but the problem is students tend to not compare themselves to the actual level like what it actually requires for you to get a job so it's very easy to compare yourselves to your fellow students because that's what you see. You don't have to make much of an effort. You see, okay, they hand in this assignment. It looks it's like 50%. I myself, I'm at 70%, so clearly I'm better. But it turns out that most students, they, they forget to look outside that little sphere that is their school. And then once they start applying for jobs, they realize that their level at 70 maybe was like level 7. Yeah. And the actual level was 70 it's it's a uh, it's kind of heartbreaking sometimes because when you talk to students and they present a portfolio they're in their third year they're like yeah you know i've poured my heart and soul into this and i'm, I'm ready to apply for a job and you look at a portfolio and you go you are at least three years away from being able to get a job this happens way more often than you think and this is not a video to go like oh you're super trash and you gotta mm-hmm. improve and rethink your life this is very specifically to make you look at the actual level for getting a job because when you're in your first years a lot i see a lot of this there was this optimism where you're like oh, it doesn't really it's not about getting a job you know it's about the art and then you get to the second year like yeah it's also about the art but you know i gotta <laughs> gotta get a job and then third year you're panicking like crazy because now you you realize that you don't give a damn about the art. Now it, it's about making a living. You have a student loan you need to pay yeah. off, and you know that that all those things like reality starts to set in. So it's not supposed. This video is not supposed to be this doom and gloom video no. telling all students that you're all just full of shit and no. like you don't know what you're doing because that's no. not that's not the point. The point is trying to help everyone expand their sort of uh, their their sphere when it comes to figuring out what you need to do to actually get a job. Yeah, I've always had this where, you know, before, particularly before the internet, you would always just compare yourself to to your friends. Yeah. If you if your friends do something, then it's okay. And you're probably fine. If they go to the gym five times a week and you do three, you know, you're probably, probably all right. So a lot of times this works. But the problem with this industry, 
a problem. It's just the reality of this industry is that this is not a local industry. This is global. You're not competing from for jobs from people in your local area. People move around. Yeah. Even when I've lived in Bergen, you know, fairly small city in Norway, then you know we still had people working from Iraq and from Italy and all over the place, and that's in a very small city. Yeah. If you're if you're want to live in a place like New York, Los Angeles, London, Tokyo, whatever, you're not talking about, you know, people from your school applying. You're talking about people from the entire world applying for you. And then there are just really, really good people. I think an uh, interesting one, which was uh, we uh, we met up with some some people the other day and uh, one of them said he, w- he was teaching and in, in, at some schools and, you know, talking to students. And, you know, it was it was sort of like trying to get across, like, what is the level that you need to be at? And like looking at portfolios and stuff. I can't quite remember like the exacts of it, but it's basically it boils down to, okay, you want to apply for this job. Here's your portfolio. Maybe I, as the teacher, want to apply for this job as well. Now you're competing against me. Mm. And I think that really illustrates how much competition there is. It's not just just because you're a junior or before you become a junior and you want to apply for a job, that doesn't mean that you're only competing against the people from your school. I mean, if we were still working, you would be competing against Hang and I. Yeah. So it's 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 really tough, and that's why you need to look beyond what's just in your little sphere and also what your teachers tell you. This is this is particularly true if you're trying to do something like like character art. Like we talked about this before, our background was as uh, character modelers in in the VFX industry. And if you if you're a student and you want to get that job, you are not you are very much not competing against your fellow classmates because no. that is a way more senior job. Like Morton will literally apply for the same job as you're doing, and you're not winning that fight. Just in terms of experience and all that, like it's not even about. Let's say you you had a student who was just as good at sculpting. You still wouldn't win that fight no. because you're talking about production experience. Like it's very, very hard to get those level jobs. So this is what we mean. We gotta compare yourself to the actual level. So if you wanna be a character artist, you know, you gotta you gotta figure out what have other character artists done to get those jobs, which most of the time it means you're not just getting into character art, you're getting into like some hard surface modeling, some environmental work, maybe some texturing. Yeah. And then you go from there. Because if you if you go against somebody who already has the job, like you, you're not winning that one if oh. you're a student. Like we uh, we have this amazing graph. I don't <laughs> even know if this counts as a graph. It's just like four lines and some pictures. But it's just to really sort of solidify what we're talking about. It's you being in this sphere of being in school. That is that is how you think your competition looks like. When in reality you fail to look beyond the scope of your school and, and you know, the assignments that, that are being given there. And then you figure out, oh, shit, there's actually it's really far up to the actual level in terms of getting a job. And yeah. that that is the reality of it. Yeah, if you think that uh, if you're at skill level 100, then you get a job and you're now at level 80, you know, you just got to push a little bit ahead. But in reality, you might be at level 30 yeah. and it's 100. And then you're, you're not just talking about a quick fix. You're talking about really dedicating a long time to improving. We've seen this so many times where it, it's really been stemming from this where we're talking to some students who they genuinely aren't the best in class. And then they graduate 
and they're so frustrated because, damn it, they did everything well. Because, yeah. you know, you should be able to trust your school. It, you know, if you're primary school, they taught you how to do math and reading and all that. And if you follow their advice, most of the time, you know, it's it's going to be okay. Yeah. But now suddenly you're in your third year and it didn't turn out that way. Yeah. Suddenly for the first time in your life, you literally could not trust the school. Yeah, like, I don't want to put anyone on the spot with names or anything, so we won't. But, like, I've just, I've heard actual retarded things from teachers. Mm. The things that they say to students in terms of the assignments, what they have to do, uh, it's, like, sometimes it baffles me that that you have teachers that come in that, let's say, uh, let's stick to modeling. Someone that teaches modeling. Maybe they did modeling 10 or 15 years ago. Maybe they've never done modeling. And they are the ones responsible for the curriculum when it comes to modeling. A lot of the times what I've seen is that those teachers, they will tell, it's not, obviously it's not that they lie to, you know, be malicious or anything. They just stick to the curriculum that's been worked out, but that curriculum might not have been worked out with anyone, by anyone who has any sort of industry industry experience. So a lot of the times the information that students get is just completely false. And the teacher as well also has the perceived level. Like, you know, he's he's down here. He still assumes that this is the level required to get a job. Because maybe five years ago, maybe it was. Yeah. But, but the world has become way more international now. So maybe a specific example in our field is that maybe in... Uh, 2011 you had a portfolio with some pretty decent props and uh, a studio was like awesome we need a prop modeler today you don't need a bunch of props you need something you need something interesting because a lot of that is just outsourced and that's a truth if you're in a big gaming studio or film studio or whatever it is even commercials so if then you if you just have props it's not that you aren't good enough it's just that they don't need your skill set yeah like I don't know how relevant my reel is anymore. Like nope. the reel that I applied with and got my got my first job with, you know, maybe parts of it are still relevant, but I would assume a lot of it is is outdated if I'm applying for a junior position because we we live in a sort of we live in a day and age now where there's access to information and access to good material online is so abundant. So I, I see that with with a lot of the schools as well, that the general level just gets higher. Like just from the get-go, the people that apply are already at a way higher level. Like the people that are applying to the animation workshop where Henning and I went is way higher than when we first applied yeah. there. I'm not sure I would have gotten in now <laughs> if I applied uh, with my current skill back then. So Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy how that changes. And and. It's it's not necessarily only because the students get better. It's not that their IQ has increased. No, no. There, you have access to better information and all that. So if if you were to look at the reels, which if you go back like twenty years and you look at like what a a, a modeler at Pixar would have to produce <laughs> in nineteen ninety nine, look like it that would be you wouldn't even get into schools today with that. Yeah. But that's just because it's a very different market. So what I really recommend is if you want to accurately figure out what the level for getting a job is. You find somebody who has recently got a similar level job of what you want. If you want to be uh, an environmental artist at a AAA studio at Blizzard, you find them. You, f- you figure out where they are, you, and you find the contact info, and you just send them a little message. Yeah. Polite message being like, hey, can I see your reel? Or, you know, if you don't have to send a message, if you can find their reel or portfolio. Because then you can actually see what was required. Or if you can track them down. Yes. Yeah, don't don't do that. No. <laughs> no. Don't don't track desert artists down, please. <laughs> yeah, but I think I think that is that is a good way to do it because that way 
you're looking at something that's very relevant for your job or like the job that you're applying for and you can directly see okay what did this person do to get their job you know try to mimic some of that instead of mimicking what people in your class are doing i think that's that's primarily the the idea that we want to get across is that it's very very easy to just get complacent and just think that what you have around you is representative of the general level in the industry and it couldn't be further from the truth i've seen this a few times when in a class you have maybe you have 20 people and you have maybe four or five which are pretty decent and then you have one guy who's just insane yeah and everyone in class they're just assuming that the four or five who are okay that's the level to get a job and the person who's insane that's like you know he's going to become like vfx super art director on day one in reality the person who is absolutely insane might just be the level required yeah he might not actually be that crazy or she you know <laughs> be inclusive you know they might not be that crazy it's, it might just be they have the lowest level required to get into the industry yeah and when if, if you're if you're not that person who's at the top or you're more in the middle there you're not competing against that person you're competing against 200 of them because let's say every single school has one of these people who's just top level all of them might be, you know, they're applying for maybe the same jobs here. Yeah, I think it's um an interesting part there. Point there is is it's kind of unrelated to no matter like basically which field you're working in. We had a chat with a, a guy Matt from Matt versus Japan just about language learning and stuff, and I think one of the things we talked about at some point was when when he was in school or i think he's in school now or something you know his level of japanese was way higher than the other students and kind of comparable to if you have that one student in class who just is a god at 3d mm. i think a lot of people just assume oh okay yeah he's just born that way yeah. you know oh yeah he's just you know he's just blessed he's touched by the gods of sculpting that's why he's so good it's like no don't like don't make excuses for that it's probably because he's been, you know, working his ass off for the last three years, and some other people might just have been Netflixing in the yeah. meantime. So there's always there's always a reason why the good people are at the level that they're at. Maybe they figured it out. Maybe they figured out, okay, I, I it's useless for me to compare myself to the people in class. Let me go on Art Station. Let me see yeah. what's where. What can I find there? Let me go on Cyber Central. What's uh, what's on the top row there? So. It's really about expanding that that your sphere. That's what I've seen, though, that the people who are at the absolute top level, they are not comparing themselves to people in class. You know, they're they're sitting every single day and just working with art station up on on the screen, and they're they're doing studies of what the other people are doing. Yeah, I'm not saying that you know front page art station is a representation <laughs> of what it takes to get a junior level no. because it's not. That's that's way higher that because that's that's like the most senior people in the world you have some of the top level artists in the world on the front page of art station yeah so there, there might be like art director from disney there you know you, you don't have to get to that level but the top students they're trying yeah they're trying as hard as you can like when when i was doing sculpting i wasn't trying to outdo people in class i was doing studies of bernini because you know you want to you want to push yourself as high as you can and even if you if you don't reach that level at least you come as close as you can and this is not to like deter people like no. cuz it's very easy to get demotivated if you spend your uh, all of your day just on art station you just go through art station you go like oh i can't do that 
oh, I can't do that. Oh, this is so much better than me. And yeah, the reality is mm. most of it is way better than you, probably. It's it's there's so many good artists in the world, and that's the point. Yes. Like those are your competitors. It it's of course as a your first job or if you want to get a junior role you aren't necessarily competing against a senior artist because he'll be applying for a senior role but you do need to to start comparing yourself in some to some extent just because not not in the unhealthy way like i can't do this but like start to look at what is the level that you know like we talked about with a real someone got a job with and then try to figure out what does it take for you to get there you know, if they did a car, look at their car, and then maybe you've done a car, compare the two. Okay, what's what's missing from my car to be for it to be as good as their car? If they did a character, think about, can I do this? Yes or no? If you can't, then think about the steps that are required. And then sort of like, you just one step at a time until you get to that level. And then get external feedback. If you get feedback from people who are at this perceived level, you know, they're not going to be able to get, get you from here to here. No. Because they, they, they probably don't even have the skills. Or maybe they think this level is adequate. So they were like, yeah, this the topology here is fine. The character the sculpting is, is perfectly fine. And it might be, but fine. This is not fine. They this don't is, see the unicorns. No, exactly. <laughs> this, is the, this is a good level. So it's important to get feedback from somebody who's already at that level. If, if you're here, or if they are here, they can drag you up to here. But if you're like here, they might pull you down because now instead of you spending four or five hours extra on a piece, you might be like, I mean, my teacher told me it was okay. Yeah. It's it's and now you're like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Now I don't have to stress so much about it. But if you have somebody who's who's telling you actually you're pretty far away from the goal, now hopefully you will be motivated to do it. I think a hard sort of advice it's hard for me to to sort of give this advice especially when it comes to schools also because you know what we know from from the uk at least the 3d schools here is that it's very it seems very assignment based not like a 3d assignment but written assignments Mm. and the truth of the matter is that they don't mean shit i mean it's it's such a hard one because obviously you want to get a good grade. It's just like a thing that's been ingrained in your brain because that's how schools work. But that's not how jobs work. It doesn't matter if you, like Kenning said, you had like the highest marks with grades and honors or whatever you do in this country. Like if you don't, you know, know how to model a face or you don't know how to model a tank or whatever it is that's required for the job. The way I like to think of it is that portfolio is the most important thing you can do like hands down and nothing else comes even close to how important a portfolio is which means that every all time spent on not the portfolio is is wasted because now you're suddenly spending on the most secondary so if we agree that your portfolio is the most important thing and and your grade is a secondary thing why are you now spending time on the secondary thing like a grade isn't gonna matter what is going to matter is if you have a degree or not that yeah. can help with the visa. But if you know your grade is so secondary to the portfolio, yeah, you're you getting a visa based on your bachelor degree is irrelevant to your with depending on your like based on your your grades. Like you still have a bachelor, yeah. Even if you just passed, you still have a bachelor. I think we talked about it at some point. Um, maybe it was a friend of yours or something where uh, we talked about someone wanting to get into maybe like 
web development or something mm. and you're like oh so so how much yeah. time are you spending on web development well uh none because uh, my school is doing this what what, what? Yeah. if you want to be a web developer then do web development yeah. instead of doing 3d or you know the other way around it's yeah. you have to to spend your time accordingly and you knowing that a high grade is not going to get you a job I hope will start to make you realize that you can down prioritize it. Personally, what I would do is I would put in the least amount of effort in written assignments and, you know, almost 100% of my effort into personal projects uh, outside of school. That Yeah, I think that's so important because I don't think anyone is going to dispute that. And apart from maybe teachers, because yeah. they have some interest, <laughs> maybe maybe they have some goals internally where they they have to reach a certain level where you know you need so many people getting A's or whatever. Yeah. And if if they suddenly have a class where people get drastically lower grades, the teacher might be in trouble. Mm. But you shouldn't care. You you're you need to be selfish in this. You need to not stop caring about helping so many people around, like the school. The, t- <laughs> the school doesn't matter. It, what matters here is that you spend a lot of money on an education. I've been talking to some students about this when talking about group projects, and. And it's all about, you know, making the group better and all that. But ultimately, it's not about making a, the group projects better. It's about you. You are in school for your sake. And that's a bit hard, really, because it sounds like a dick thing to say <laughs> that you you shouldn't really care about other people. But you've got to put yourself first. It, the most important thing is that your portfolio is good and everything else just comes secondary. Yeah, obviously, you know, there there are there are merits to group work. Absolutely. Yeah, like you learn to work as a group, you learn to work not just in your basement because, you know, when you get a job, whether it's VFX or games, you you're going to be part of a team. But like Henning says, ultimately you need to get the job. Yeah. And yeah, I mean when it comes to a job, you you are the most important person in your life, you know, to get that job. I also say this a lot as well, particularly when it comes to group work, where you you might have some kind of bachelor film or a, a project there, and that is most likely not going to be the thing which gets you the job, because then you maybe you have like a three minutes film, and I mean if you want to be a director or a story writer or mm. you know a story artist, then you you are going to use that, but if you if you want to be a modeler, a character modeler, for instance, and you and you and you have that, it. Character models most likely aren't going to be good enough. No, they're probably going to be way too stylized and rushed or whatever. Because you now the focus here is on quantity. It's not about making one really good character model and doing turntables and close-ups. It's about making one character which which you have no time to do. <laughs> maybe you have a bunch of them to do, and they have to work for two, three, maybe seven minutes of animation. Yeah. So I really recommend that spending most of your time on a dedicated real like personally for me i i've never i never put any school assignment in in my reels when i applied it's all all that was in my reel was stuff that i did outside of school the problem with stuff that you do in school is that a lot of the times the assignments that you get are just bullshit and you know the requirements for them can be completely obscure and have nothing to do with the job that you're applying for whereas if you sit on your own time you get to decide what you actually do and you can tailor that towards the job that you want to get yeah for my 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 reel my 2014 reel i had one personal project and so one school project in it and that wasn't even really from the film it was like one shot from the film and then i showed the character for it but that was gone the next year <laughs> that was gone as soon as i possibly could so in terms of in terms of time spent on that 
it really it really wasn't worth it. So here's the rookies. This is uh, we have no affiliation with them apart from the fact that we competed here a few <laughs> years ago. But uh, yeah. the rookies, they are. It, it's a website where you can uh, you, you can um, submit your reel or portfolio as as a student, and you can there are t- tons of cool prizes like you can win internships. Morton and I won this like a few years ago now, mm-hmm. like five years ago, and we got our internships through this. Yeah, that was how we got started. The cool thing about the rookies is that you can see the work of students. Now it's currently closed for submission, so you can't really see you can't really see people submitting right now. I think it's like what's the seventh of March or something said. Yeah. But if you go to our Instagram, now you can see a lot of um, a lot of student renders, a lot of student work, which is really cool. Yeah, it's it's. I think I think the rookies is obviously our station is great because you get exposed to a lot of different things. The rookies is a little better, I think personally, because it exposes you to the level that you're competing against. These are going to be your direct competitors for your first job. Yeah. That's just a fact. Because all of these people, some of them might have had an internship before, might have had a job, but most of these people are fresh out of school or still in school. Yeah, exactly. There is no Disney art director here. So if you're looking at something and and maybe, you know, maybe it's not good enough to get like a super crazy senior title, but it might be good enough to get you just a foot in the door. Yeah. This is really cool. Uh, would it, would you get it as the highest level? No, but is it is it good enough to get a stylized position or you know whatever as an entry? Maybe. So this is I think this is the best resource out there for actually getting an accurate view of the level of other students. Yeah, and you can see that once they open up for submissions, usually you can browse through the gallery and see what people have submitted for different categories. Yeah, we've talked about the rookies and internships before, but. I, I really want to highlight this just because I think it's a really, really important resource for trying to get your foot in the door. Yeah, and you can also contact the people here. I mean, they're just fellow students, so you can contact them. And, and instead of only regarding them as, as competition, you know, you can befriend them. You can actually get context through this. There's a lot of really cool stuff here. Yeah. You can also uh, you can also Google the rookies winner 2017, 2018, whatever, just because then you can you can see who won it and see the level of oh, they had for it. Yeah. And you know, I think a year or two back, it's probably good. But once you start getting into like the four or five year territory yeah. where we applied as well, that that might be a bit of a stretch. You know, some some things might might not change. You're like it's a concept art position or something maybe maybe that'll be the same or uh, but i don't know like in terms of modeling I, I i doubt it yeah technology has progressed a lot since then particularly if you look at if you look at the game which came out in like 2013 versus today yeah. like the models are so much better so if you if you're now applying with a reel which is our portfolio don't make reels and games if you do modeling then gavin <laughs> will slap you <laughs> and us and us yeah. but um then if you yeah, if you make if you make a portfolio for a 2013 game, you know you're not gonna get a job. You need to make it for a 2019 game. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's I think it's it's probably one of the most powerful resources out there for figuring out what do you actually need to do. And like like we said before, I think a good exercise is looking at some of these assets. Let's say you're doing a a, a motorcycle and you go like, okay, can I do this? Mm. You're like, okay, maybe I want to make it in a different style or something. It doesn't really matter. But are you technically able to do this? If yes, awesome. Then do something that, you know, you're inspired by. But if no, then figure out what are the steps that 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 will get you to this level. 
I find it always would be a bit intimidating. Like if you're looking at a motorcycle like that, I'm like, oh man, yeah, uh, could I do it? Yeah, probably. But you know, <laughs> could I do it right now? You know, you got to prep for it. Yeah. But but the person who did this probably prepped a lot for it. So when we're asking, hey, could you do this face here? We're not we're not asking you, could you do this right away? We're asking if you had a few months and you had the resources available, could you do it? But then, yeah, like Morton said, if you if you really can't, if you don't know the steps, yeah, then uh, well, like a good exercise is just break it down into like its individual elements. Yeah. For this, what is it, a mono mono wheel? Yeah, like obviously you just like you just have a cylinder or like a donut or whatever torus, and then you just put some blocks on them and then you start to deal t- detail them. Yeah. You have some chains. It's like it's all about breaking the problems down, and then once you start doing that, you know, do it a few times, you'll get better and better. And then before you know it, you'll have a job. And what's important is to not just go, yeah, I could probably do that. Yeah, nobody cares if you could probably do it. <laughs> what what matters is to do something of equivalent quality. It's like when, when people look at master painters or abstract painters or whatever it is, and they go like, yeah, I could do that. Yeah, yeah but you didn't, so shut the fuck up. <laughs> you know? Basically. It's, uh, <laughs> um, I think it's the same here. You look at this camera and it's like, you know, you might think that, okay, it's just a simple old school camera. But then you once you start doing it, it's like, oh, there's all the grooves, all the little details that you're not catching here. You start to realize how hard it actually is. It really is. That's why you have to do it. One thing I've also seen when it comes to student portfolio is that they do very simple things. I saw a profile a few days ago, which had it basically had boxes which had textures on it, and you you need something more complicated. I see that like specific examples. You might have uh, shout out to Leon. Hey Leon, <laughs> he was a student for us a few months ago. <laughs> Good guy. Uh, you might have um, you might have a piece which is maybe it's a hammer, and then you have a nail, and mm. it it brilliant to model and it's, it's it looks really good it's well lit and textured but it's just a hammer you know what i rec- would recommend then is make a full scene you know if you could do one hammer you know then do a full scene with like an old school repair shop or something like that it just looks far more impressive yeah because if you can do a hammer then the other parts that's just labor then you can clearly do all the other things as well and we were talking about uh like a feedback thing uh just before and I think a really good point there is if you're if you're trying to present something, let's say you're doing something in Unreal, right? And you want to want to do something for games. It's it's like with everything. If you're just presenting your your reel, or if it's a two D concept art portfolio, or if it's in Unreal, you want to try and compose it. You want to try and have an idea behind it, like have some emotion, have some story, all that stuff that we've talked about before. There's a reason we keep bringing it up because yeah. it's important. Don't just make a hammer. Yeah, you know, there's a Make something cool about it. Think about the story, everything that's it's been used for. Yeah, could you make a cool story with a hammer? Well, if you've seen Old Boy, <laughs> you absolutely can make a cool story with a that's hammer. True. There is so much history with it. So I think it's I think it's so important to get some story element into it. And I think it let's that's just cool. going back to the rookies here is that you can see that it's obviously not everything is at the same level. Something is higher, something is lower. Yeah. But that's that's the reality of it. Like obviously just because you're the best of the best and you apply for the rookies and you win stuff it doesn't actually mean that you be that you'll be hired you know maybe you were missing something but maybe you qualified for something else maybe, just you're, because, maybe you're a dick maybe you're a dick don't be a dick um you could have a let's say a lower grade portfolio but still get hired because you still sort of like you reach that threshold it's not about being the best obviously as an artist you want to strive to be the best 
But the reality is there will always be someone better than you, yeah. which means that you can always keep improving. I don't know who the best one is. We should find him. I'd love to talk to him. <laughs> but just yeah. the best artist in general. Yeah, because you you have you have people that are like you, know, you have someone like Raphael Grossetti, who I think everyone agrees is like he's a fucking amazing character artist. Yeah. But he probably like maybe he looks at some stylized stuff and like man, I want to be able to do more like that. Yeah. So there there will always be stuff, even in the best of the best artists, where they try to improve and they don't feel like they're the best yet. Yeah, like one of my favorite art- artists is Nathan Fox. He's a fantastic painter when it comes to color. One of the absolute best ones out there. He probably can't use Maya. <laughs> so, you know, he can't do hard surface modeling. So everything is relative. Yeah. But our, our point here is really just, you know, we could keep looking at cool stuff all day long. And there's a lot of cool stuff here. <laughs> but it's really just about get an accurate feel for what is needed. And that means that you don't ask your teachers... Or, you know, people in your class, hey, is this good enough to get a job? Because they they might be at, in, in the rainbow chart before, they might be at the level which is not the acceptable level to get a job. It's like asking your mom. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like, uh, it, I've heard it multiple times. It, it doesn't matter if it's your mom or whatever it is, just any family member. Yeah. Like my my main advice there is like don't trust your family when it comes to feedback. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like you want to try and get as honest feedback as you can, and I found that generally, you don't get that from family because uh, they just want to put it up on the fridge. Yeah. If your if your reel goes on a fridge on mama's fridge, you know you're in trouble. <laughs> what I found to be the best for um, getting feedback is you you might you might be lucky and get some people in class who I'm working now. We give each other feedback when we're in school, and that's mm. really really valuable. But a lot of times, if you're good friends, you want to be careful with that because they might not, they might put the friendship over your work. They might, they might not want to hurt you. Yeah. So I recommend finding somebody with a high skill level who, who's not emotionally attached to you, who doesn't care about hurting you. If I give feedback to students, their, my relationship with them is not going to deteriorate. If no. I give them really harsh feedback or, you know, I try to not be harsh, I try to be helpful. If I give them, but, feedback which is perceived to be harsh you know i don't really care i just give them what they actually need yeah i think it's a it's definitely a skill both to give and receive feedback because people who aren't used to receiving feedback will instantly perceive it as a okay you're just shit as a person and everything you're doing with your life is wrong yeah when in reality when you're there as a teacher um or there as a lecturer you're just trying to help yeah and that's the same thing with the you know you have teachers that are part of the school they, you know, they are also trying to help, but what they're doing might not be best, the best for you. Yeah. So there was also one other point that we wanted to talk about is just like success um, of students from the school, their alumni and their placement rates isn't necessarily an indicator of how good the school is. No. I've noticed that a lot with UK schools is that they like to boast about the high numbers of placement rates that they have for their students. But I, I mean, I don't know how to trust that, like, no. because I see the level a lot of students come out with, and I, I don't understand how those two things they go together. Yeah, it's because I think they're they're measuring different things. If I if we had a if we had a normal school and we were to measure placement rates in an accurate way, we would be like, okay, he wanted to be a three D modeler. Did he get a three D modeling position? The university goes, well, he got in as a runner or as a you know lowest level in a company yeah and then you didn't get a job as a 3d artist you got a job as a barista or a janitor basically yeah. and you can't it's it sounds harsh but it but you can't judge that that's 
that's not fair. It's not fair to say that that this student here was was a success from the school when he got a job as a barista afterwards. No. Now, nothing wrong about being that, of course. It's just if your job is to work for Blizzard or Pixar or whatever, then you're not there yet. There's a huge gap from being a runner or like Q&A or whatever it might be to being a 3D artist. I've seen people who've been runners for literally three years, and that's heartbreaking. And I, I think it, an important thing to note is that Let's pretend that um, you are the best in your class, and you know that. But after this talk, you're starting to look at your other fellow students who you've been comparing yourself to for the last two or three years, and you start to realize, oh, shit. You know, it's not like at the end of the world, there is still time, and you can still improve. The important thing is that now you might be aware that this is common, and this is what people usually do. Because it's not like students you have done anything wrong you've just been doing what you've been told to do but being aware that there is a you know a world beyond the wall or whatever i think is important because that's how you start to really improve yeah and also as a a quick note here as well now we're going to get a ton of tons of people asking hey can you review my portfolio (laughs) and Guys, sorry, we can't review your portfolio. We maybe we can do a video where we collect some and we talk about it, but we we just don't have time no. to review portfolios. <laughs> yeah, it happens quite a lot, and I understand why, because we tell you to find people that are, you know, at a certain level, and and you know, it's it's just uh, we're very busy. <laughs> yeah, we we don't actually we aren't actually just on YouTube. We we, we have you know the Flip Normals website. We have Guru We have a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that about uh, covers this. It was almost 40 minutes of uh, ranting about this. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so basically, uh, you this is the level you want to go, you want to be at. This might be the perceived level. Yeah. So just be aware of that fact, and uh, you know, then you can start to change it for the better. Yeah. So yeah. So thank you so much for watching. If you want to see more content like this in the future, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe, and uh, hit uh, the bell button if you want to see notifications as well. Thanks for watching. Thanks, guys.